The losing streak unfortunately continues for the Louisville men's basketball team as they were handed a defeat to the Pittsburgh Panthers on the road on Saturday afternoon. We'll talk about that contest and more on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another week of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com. To learn more, I want to say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder of the Lockdown Mobile Podcast, free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. It was an up and down weekend for the Louisville basketball programs. The men's basketball team, unfortunately, continues their skid um, throughout ACC plays. They've lost their third straight now. Um, the most recent one coming on Saturday to the Pittsburgh Panthers on the road, 60, I think it was 65 to 53. Um, you know, perhaps one of the cards worst performances yet. We'll break down that performance and, and talk key takeaways. Uh, but we will then transition into the positive segment of the show. The women's basketball team continues their win streak. It is now up to 15 as they handled the Boston College Eagles 63 to 53 on Sunday afternoon. We'll break that um, contest down as well. And then finally, like we do every Monday, the mailbag Monday segment will service the caboose of the show is going to use some type of a, of a witty little saying there but nothing really popped into my head but before we get into the content of today's show like i mentioned for those who are not aware of who i am my name is dalton pence i'm a credentialed media member for cardinal sports zone where i serve as both a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst also do some pa announcement work for the university in various sports you can follow my personal twitter in the graphic in the bottom left hand of your screen and the podcast twitter page <clears throat> sorry is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on in to the show. Um, starting out talking about the Louisville Cardinals men's basketball team's skid that has continued with a loss to the Pittsburgh Panthers, 65-53 to up in Pennsylvania on Saturday afternoon. This was, for lack of better terms, an, an uninspiring performance from the Cards. Um, you know, I, I came into this matchup. Unfortunately, we didn't have a preview segment uh, due to some some issues with I had some car issues that uh, you know, my laptop was stuck in my car couldn't get into the trunk of my car but regardless um, you know long story short I wasn't able to record on last Thursday or Friday so didn't really have a, a Pittsburgh preview but one of the concerns that I had coming into that matchup was that you know with Louisville kind of um, you know slumping in a bit I was worried about this one because Pittsburgh played the Cardinals tough the first time around. You know, was a, basically the last possession from sending the game into overtime, and this was you know kind of um, you know what transpired was what I feared would happen. Um, you know, looking at what the Cards did from the field, um, like I said, uninspiring is kind of where where I go to. Uh, Pittsburgh shot about 44% from the field. Louisville shot just 33%, 25% from three. They got out-rebounded by nine, um, 18 fouls um, to Pittsburgh's 11. They actually had less turnovers than Pittsburgh. Um, the it, it felt like the Panthers 
pretty much had the lead for the majority of the game, and, and every time Louisville would start to try to you know mount a comeback, Pittsburgh was pushing the deficit further and further, and I felt like it was kind of a comfortable 10, 12, 14-point um, deficit throughout the latter half of the second half um, in, in Saturday's contest. Louisville's largest lead was 5. Pretty sure that was early on in the game when it was 8-3 to three in the opening minutes, and unfortunately things kind of turned into – a debacle after that. Um, Malik Williams led the way for the Cardinals. Uh, only shot four for 11 from the field for 12 points and 13 rebounds. Um, L. Ellis and Noah Locke both had 10 points. Outside of that, only three other players scored. Jared West and Dre Davis both had nine. Sam Williamson had three. They got no other contributions from any other players. Sidney Curry, um, worth noting that he was um, – uh, a late scratch due to uh, rolling an ankle. I believe uh, Jeremy Wallman said um, that it came on the day of the game in uh, in the pregame shoot-around or something, but um, or the practice the day before. But Sidney was not able to go after having a career day against the Interstate Wolfpack the um, you know the Wednesday before. And like I said, I think you know f- this loss for the car is just kind of I feel like you know we're beating beating a drum so to speak, uh, beating a dead horse, and we're kind of you know. The offensive struggles continue. I think that the defense has gotten a little bit um, more lackadaisical as the um, you know as the season's gone on. When you look at what Pittsburgh did to the Cardinals on Saturday, uh, John Hughley led the way with 19.7 rebounds. Um, Leak Williams really struggled to guard him in the paint. That's where you know Sidney Curry, you know, a bigger a bigger body defender like Curry, really was missed in this game. Roosevelt Wheeler, um, not necessarily much of a factor either. He only played six minutes, did not attempt a shot, did not grab a rebound, only had one block and one personal foul. They did not have Horton. Um, sorry, I have to sneeze. Excuse me. They didn't have Horton, who um, shot. Um, Shot pretty well in the first matchup, had uh, hit three threes. I think he had 13 points overall for the Panthers in the very first matchup between the two teams just a couple weeks ago. But, you know, despite being, um, you know, outmanned, uh, you know, uh, Jamarius Burton led the way with 20 points, eight rebounds. Um, uh, Gay, Adukale, uh both had 10 respectively. And like we saw from the first match, not much bench production for the Pittsburgh Panthers. Only three points from the bench. Uh, Collier had two points, and Jeffries had a point. So, you know, um, 62 points came from the starting five, and uh, one of them didn't even necessarily have, um, you know, that great of a game. He only had three points. But anyway, this makes things a little bit more troubling for the team. Number one, you're kind of you know taking some steps back. You're regressing from some of the progress that you showed at the very end of December through the Florida State loss and even the Florida State loss. Um, you know there were some positives to take away from that. You know I'm not I'm not like I said I'm not one to really believe in moral victories or anything like that. Um, you know I call a spade a spade. A win is a win. A loss is a loss. Um, you know Louisville lost to Florida State, but there were instances where I felt like. You know they did some good things offensively. They were pretty solid in the first half. They had 40 points in the in the first half. Unfortunate thing about it was was Florida State had 50. Um, I liked what I saw from some of the newcomers like Mason Faulkner, L. Ellis, um, Sidney Curry uh, started playing very well. You know too. So, but that can't be said about this matchup. Like I I when I watched the Pittsburgh game. I, I can't really take any positive away. I just felt like it was a lackluster performance on both ends of the court. Um, offensively, this was 
granted, maybe the Cardinals' worst offensive outing of the season, in my opinion. Um, you know, shot the ball less than thirty-four percent from the field. The three-point struggle, the three-point um, shooting struggled as well. You know, NC State w- was kind of one of those things to where, outside of Sidney Curry, you don't see a lot of um, you know positives to take away, and that that's kind of a, of a concerning thing because now, you know, you were four and zero in the conference, but Louisville currently at the moment is ten and seven, four and three in the conference, and they're in, they're in a danger zone. We're going to talk. There's a question that you know directly um, pertains to to Louisville and the NCAA tournament, but Louisville's in a very very tough situation now to where they are squarely on the outside looking in, and they're going to have to put together an extremely incredible stretch, you know, to end the month of January and throughout February to really even be in consideration for the NCAA tournament. So you have to take that, um, you know, with a grain of salt and. Um, I know it's a new team, you know, new faces, but in January, you know, we really haven't seen many signs of clicking. You know, um, Jeremy Wallman on the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast alluded to there being some, you know, maybe some internal issues and stuff like that. I, that that's not the you know the, the episode. Um, this isn't the podcast for that. You know, especially you know with the time limit and stuff like that. If you want to check that out, it's great, great material at cardinalsportszone.com. Um, but I do want to take this time now to transition into the more positive segment of this show with the Louisville women's basketball team continuing their 15 game wins or extending their winning streak to 15 and continuing their win streak early on in ACC play. We'll do that after we talk about our friends at Built Bar. It's the New Year's, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and makes it easier to stick to your resolution. Look, you want to eat healthy. Sometimes it gets boring, though, but like week three, which, you know, I think we're in week three now, you might be thinking, is this just isn't it. It's not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and you get healthy benefits like 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein, which is, um, you know, leaps and bounds better than a candy bar. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good, and it's good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Do yourself a favor. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I want to take this time once again to thank you personally for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Global Podcast, free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team every day. The Louisville women's basketball team on Sunday afternoon up in Boston defeated the Boston College Eagles 63-53. to Now the Jeff Walls' team 15-1 and on the season, uh, winners of their past 15 after dropping the season opening game to Arizona, and they are now 5-0 and in conference play. So basically this matchup, the Cardinals beat the Eagles by 30 earlier in the year at the KCM Center just a couple, I feel like it was just a couple weeks ago, maybe, but I think it was in December, to be honest with you. One of the two, something like that. It was early, obviously they played them. It was 79-49 to right now. Um, this this was a you know a matchup to where the cards kind of struggled in the first half and even when they did get the lead it was kind it wasn't necessarily a comfortable one because Boston College can you know continue to linger around Boston College held a 20 to 10 first quarter advantage kind of um you know that the the ugly trend um, rearing its head of the Cardinals kind of struggling in the opening quarter uh, but it was followed up by a seismic 22 to five point differential in the second quarter that gave the cards 
uh, halftime lead, and the team never looked back. They outscored the Eagles in both of the next two quarters to win the game comfortably 63-53. to Overall, it was the Kiana Smith and Haley Van Litz show on offense, the only two double-digit scorers for the Cards. Kiana Smith with 18, Haley Van Litz with 16. Emily Inksler only had four points. However, she had seven rebounds, six assists, and three blocks. Look, I'm going to go ahead and say it. She's six foot one, so you know she's not like um, she, I wouldn't necessarily you know call her a physically imposing you know you know post presence on the defensive side of the ball, but she's very solid in terms of rim protection due to her athleticism, due to her um, you know shot blocking instincts, and her length at being at six one. I think she's one of the top five defensive players in the country. Granted, you know there are a lot of players that you know are are you know. Very good on that side of the ball. One of those being, you know, Mikasa Robinson. But when you look at what Emily Inksler is doing this season, I, I mean, I, I personally think it's credible. It's incredible, I should say. Right now, she's averaging 2.6 steals per game, 1.5 blocks per game, and 8.4 rebounds per game. Overall, I, I haven't really checked to see if any other players kind of, you know, match that uh, that that stat, you know, that stat sheet or averages more um, respectively, but I venture out and say that there's probably not that many. Emily Inksler, when you, like I mentioned, I, I feel like I say this every single time. It's like I'm under contract to say it when I mention Emily Inksler, is that her her impact goes way beyond the box score. Like, you can see she only had four points, but, you know, you see also that she doesn't need to score to affect the games a lot. You know, she's very attentive as an on-ball defender. Her grasp of the team defense, not only, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, but from what Jeff Walls and the coaching staff is trying to do with the Cardinal um, rotation, I, I think that, you know, she's really bought into that identity um, that Jeff Walls is trying to preach uh, in terms of, um, you know, the, just the defensive in intensity. And it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's a match made up in heaven, you know, in terms of, um, you know, this Cardinal team and Emily Inksler coming into the fold. So ultimately, you probably, I would venture out and say you couldn't find me, you know, five better overall defenders than Emily Inksler in the college basketball realm right now. Um, and, and like, I'm, you know, I, I keep saying it's, it's not the box score. I mean, it is the box score, but it's not just the box score because her ability to, you know, hedge ball handlers, you know, in pick and roll situations, um, you know, very solid on-ball defense, especially out on the perimeter. Um, just overall great in transition defensively. So I, I have to give her props because even though she only had four points, she played very, very well. Olivia Cochran had eight points. Um, Chelsea Hall, not necessarily um, you know big on the stat sheet today. She was two for six with four points, and the Cardinals had 13 points from the bench, seven from Alana Smith, six from Mikasa Robinson. Overall, a solid win for the Cards. So, you know, a win is a win, like I say, you know, especially against a team that you've already played once. So, you know, a team, you know, possibly has a better chance of, you know, scouting you a little better since they have a lot of film that they played you. Um, they, they played you. So, I mean, they, they're going to know a little bit more about you. Since the Cardinals defeated the Boston College Eagles back on, um, I got to find out what day that is. Back on. Why can't I find the day? December 30th. Okay. I don't know why my mind was drawing a blank. But what I mean to say is Boston College went on a four-game winning streak. They beat uh, New Hampshire and then a three-game ACC winning streak over Syracuse, Clemson, 
and Pittsburgh. Two of those were double-digit victories. So Boston College sitting at 12 and five now. One of you know one of the programs in the ACC to where they're not a bottom feeder by any stretch. They're not a you know an elite team in the top tier with Louisville and, and North Carolina State, but they are kind of in that middle tier in, in the in the sense to where if you don't play your best game or if you you know if you're slacking off, by all means it. it you know, they have the makings of a team that can pull off an upset. Um, I, I like, you know, their energy on the court. They're very, very solid. Despite being seventh in the conference, I, I think that they're going to continue to rise up. Um, they had uh, Sewell and Schwartz combined for 20, um, uh, 29 points to be exact, and that was really kind of all it was for um, for the for the Boston College offense. Shot 13.3%, so you, you saw that Louisville defense in full effect on Sunday afternoon, and that really shouldn't surprise you by any stretch because I feel like Louisville's perimeter defense is one of the, you know, the marquee things that you know Jeff Walls incorporates with, with this team because you know for good shooting teams like um, you know that they'll play down the road, they do a good job of really making teams work. And forcing you to, you know, take some off-balance shots. The Boston College only shot 37.5% from the field. Turned the ball over 24 times. Unfortunately for Louisville, kind of hard to take advantage of that when you've turned the ball over 21 times. So, you know, um, carelessness of, you know, uh, ball security and stuff like that, I think, um, hindered the Cardinals from going out and getting some, um, you know, getting a more convincing victory, so to speak. But uh, I will say that... We will have the NC State preview um, up on tomorrow's episode. We have uh, two guests for um, Wednesday and Thursday. So we will discuss the NC State preview ahead of the matchup on Thursday. But um, just um, just um, you know, heads up that that will come tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. So digging into the final segment of the show, the weekly Monday mailbag segment will answer all of those questions here in just a second after we talk about our friends at bet online bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond it remains your number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action for 2022 a new year brings forth a new updated desktop and mobile website so sign up today and use the promo code locked on and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus from football basketball hockey boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. And Bet Online is where the game starts. So, final segment of the show will be dedicated to the weekly mailbag segment. The first question on the docket for this episode is, do you think that the Louisville men's basketball team will make the NCAA tournament? I'm going to be honest. At this point, I don't. Um, it, it, does that mean they can't make it? I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, they, they, they still have, you know, the ball is in their court. I mean, they could truly turn things around, but they would have to do that in a seismic way. It would have to be a drastic shift. And right now, it'd be different if they were losing games, you know, in close fashion where they're playing really good or they're playing really good, you know, uh, you know opposition. And, but they're, they're really not. I mean, the best team that they've played so far is – is Florida State in conference or Wake Forest one of the two? Um, they beat Wake. They haven't had really a um, you know an ACC win by over five points. The three losses were you know Florida State by nine 
NC State by double digits and Pittsburgh by double digits. And Pittsburgh, you know, probably the most unconvincing one yet for a team that is seven and ten now, um, you know, and, and struggling to piece together some wins. You know, I think Louisville. Um, I forget where it, it was posted. I think Matt Matt McGavick uh, from uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, Cardinal Sports Illustrated. Um, he he posted the net rankings, and I I don't know what what exactly they were like. Louisville was like 112th in the net rankings, so. Like I mentioned, the name of the game for Louisville in the ACC play was not accumulating, you know, quality wins because there aren't many of the opportunities. It was avoiding bad losses, and right now, they just picked up two and possibly three, depending on how you view Florida State. It's going to depend on how they kind of uh, are able to get going. So, right now, I don't think they do because you would have to see a seismic shift. And right now, it seems like the team's kind of regressing and going in the wrong direction. Um, they would, but I guess it's not impossible. I mean, you you would have to really uh, put it this way: for Louisville to make the tournament, there's two options. Number one, they win the conference tournament, so they get an automatic bid. Number two, I mean, they pretty much would have to win all but maybe one game in in left in the month of January, and that one game would probably have to be to Duke. It couldn't be a bad loss, um, although maybe a, a win against Duke could help your resume. You could do lose to a team like North Carolina and then beat Duke, beat Duke which might ne- might necessarily be better for you in the long run. But then you would have to. I mean, you can't lose double digit losses for the men's basketball team right now would almost spell another you know NCAA tournament snub. And right now, I don't even think that they're necessarily on the bubble. I think that they're squarely out of the field at the moment. And um, you know, it's just kind of the byproduct of you know, losing the past three games. So uh, we will kind of kind of we'll kind of see how. How that goes. So, the next question is: With Sidney Curry's big performance against the NC State Wolfpack last week, what is your outlook for him on the rest of the season? Well, um, yeah, I think that it kind of you know that performance changes it a little bit. You know, I I always knew that the potential was there, but he showed that he has the opportunity to really you know take over games in a lot of ways. Um, My outlook for him is to be kind of a I guess you could say kind of a spark plug, whether that be off the bench or, you know, just a solid starter. I'm not sure that he's going to be consistently scoring in double digits every game, but I do think his confidence is going to get a little bit higher each and every time he steps foot on the court. So, you know, for for me, it's, you know, I don't really know how to explain what my outlook is for him. I think it's just a solid contributor because I don't think he he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and give you, you know, the production that he just gave you against NC state. I, I just don't necessarily think that um, that's sustainable yet. You know, maybe it is next year, but right now um, I think it was encouraging what we saw from him, but also at the same time, I want to be realistic. I, I don't want to, um, you know, you know, make it to where, you're expecting too much from him to where, you know, he's giving you good minutes, but you're like, he's not scoring 17 points and grabbing 12 rebounds, so he's not playing good. I don't want it to get to that point. So Sidney Curry right now is a um, – it's a pretty you – know, oh, um, but I'm, I'm, it's a pretty, you know, solid addition to the rotation right now. So final segment of the mailbag is how do you feel collectively about the coaching hires that Scott Satterfield has made for the Louisville football program this offseason? Well, I, I don't want to get too much into this because on Wednesday when Jeremy Wallman is back on the show, we're going to break down each one of those hires and talk about, you know, our thoughts and if we like it or not. But ultimately, I... Uh, you know, 
there, there's two ways to look at it. Number one, um, it, it all matters. You, it all ma- The only thing that matters is what what you see on the field, right? Um, that that's kind of uh, where we're at right now, and that that's how it should be, though. I mean, you can't judge um, a hiring before the team even steps foot on the field. So that that you can you know, accept, but also you know, from a, a strictly hypothetical, from a recruiting standpoint, um, you know, Lance Taylor, uh, Wes McGriff the uh, offense coordinator and co-defense coordinator respectively both are pretty solid recruiters I, I like what I what I um, you know have seen from them in terms of resume you know they're very um, highly respected people in their respective fields Dion branch bring him back as the director of player development I love that move that that might be the the best move um, this guy Satterfield has made and you know credit to Josh Hurd who who was uh, instrumental in bringing branch in. You know, bringing a Super Bowl champion in to um, you know help out with development—that is great. And then obviously, um, Ben Souders, the uh, new strength and conditioning coach. Like I said, um, I think I mentioned him on the last Mailbag Monday segment, and that is, it, it really—it's going to come down to the results. You know, I like his energy. I like you know his—he played. Uh, you know, he's a Kentucky native. He played football for Western Kentucky, and um, it's just going to be a matter of you know what we see on the field and the results we see. On the field, I, I can't stop. Excuse me, I can't stop yawning for some reason. But um, I promise that it's not it's not boring content or anything like that. It, it's just um, it'll be interesting to kind of see where um, you know how how the results come from this. And I, I'm very excited to talk about this on Wednesday and break it down. So be sure to check out that uh, segment with Jeremy Wall. Before we get out of here, a couple quick shots first of the Cardinal Sports on podcast. Like I mentioned. A very, very crucial episode to listen to that was released yesterday. Check that out at cardinalsportzone.com. Also, the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about the key returnees that Scott Satterfield has coming back to the Louisville football program in 2022. And then we will give a full in-depth preview ahead of the top five between the Louisville Cardinals and the NC State Wolfpack women's basketball marquee matchup. On Thursday evening, that preview will be on tomorrow's episode, so be sure to check that out. Uh, That's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great start to your week, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.